Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Today's gonna be a-okay, cause we're celebrating your birthday. Happy birthday, Robert. Happy birthday to Robert. <laughs> that was awesome. What a way to kick off my birthday week episode of uh, the Best Seat in the House podcast, episode number 84. Thank you so much to my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin, for kicking us off with that little tune. Uh, and before we get into anything else, Dan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm pumped for the start of hockey season, baby. It starts tomorrow, baby. Let's go Rangers. That's right, man. That's right. We got a, uh, yeah, a, a uh, our season opening game tomorrow night. If you're watching this on YouTube or, uh, you know, when we put this out, it's it'll be Thursday. So this will be game day for the New York Rangers. First time we could say that since they were unfortunately eliminated in the playoffs by the crosstown rival uh, or next town rival, New Jersey Devils. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, uh, that, that series didn't go our way. It's going to be another fun year for uh, this team. A, a, a lot of uh, stuff to get into, but we'll be talking about that a little bit later. There's a lot of other stuff to get into, too. Obviously, the football teams, the uh, Giants with a tough loss in Miami. Over the weekend, the Jets going out to Denver and getting a win there by the skin of their teeth, actually. <laughs> and uh, also, we got some Mets stuff to talk about, talk a little playoff baseball. So we got a lot of uh, stuff to get into tonight, Dan. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Also, a lot of crappy stuff, too. Uh, let's start off with one of those crappy things right now. And real quick, we'll, uh, we're we're going to do the, the football because, like we say, you know, we got so much to get into now. We're, we're going to touch on football because we have to and because we love it. Uh, we, we both have the football in our blood, no doubt about it. But, you know, if, if, if you really want to see our full thoughts on what happened and what transpired for the Jets and the Giants immediately following these games, Dan, what do you think these guys should do? You guys should, you guys should go on page, subscribe on Patreon. It's only five bucks. It's the same. It's the same course, same amount of money it costs to for a round trip on the subway. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Not too many things are five bucks these days, especially with inflation through the roof. Uh, you know, as as we've seen these last couple of years. But hey, five bucks you get to support uh, to your favorite po uh, podcast hosts, and you get to hear our uh, usually emotional and in depth analysis of the uh, Jets and the Giants, no matter what they're doing. But this week, though, we'll kick it off with uh, your Giants, Dan. And unfortunately, they had a tough, uh, you know, a tough day in um, Miami this past Sunday. They end up losing to the Dolphins 31-16. Um, you know, when you look at the, the Giants as a whole, I mean, I'm sure – a lot of people didn't even really expect them to uh, to be in the game 
and they thought it was going to be kind of a blowout. A lot of people have um, already granted Miami the title of like the best team in the league this year. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's the case, but the Dolphins sure as hell played really good. They had a lot of, um, you know, big time plays. I mean, you know, just between uh, Tua hitting uh, Ty Hill, uh, you know, a bunch of times in that game alone, there's like about two 60 plus yard touchdown plays on there. Um, so, you know, when, when you come out of this game and you're looking at everything that the, uh, that's transpired with the Giants, obviously the, the good plays like the, the 102 yard interception return from Jason Pinnock to the bad plays, um, you know, where the, the Giants are just giving up, like we just mentioned, big time plays there. Uh, what are your thoughts about your uh, Giants so far, Dan? Oh, I, I, it's not looking good for the Giants. And I feel it just hangs in the balance of this game. If we lose this, if we lose on Sunday against the Bills, I think it's gonna it could be a big a hole too big to come out of. <sighs> this early in the season, we could fall out of it, and that's not a good thing. That that and that and that challenge is gonna be could be even more difficult because Daniel the question mark because the offensive line once again fails to protect the has no clue how to protect the quarterback these days keep leaving it open and the more and, and old and I kept saying all those sacks if he keeps getting sacked like this it's it's injury waiting to happen lo and behold it happened on Sunday yeah it's true it definitely did happen man as the uh um the Giants end up uh taking that loss but you know a, a loss that they could even have you know for a, a more extended period of time is this Daniel Jones loss. If he ends up being down, um, you know, right now they're saying all the right things. They're saying that Daniel Jones is going to be in on Sunday. But, you know, sometimes what coaches and NFL teams say is a lot different than what this, those same coaches and NFL teams do. And what I mean by that is that, you know, they had Tyrod Taylor taking a lot of the first team snaps. Now, obviously, if Jones is sidelined, Somebody's got to take those first team snaps. So it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. But also, Tyrod Taylor gave a post practice interview today, which kind of leads you to believe that they expect him to be the starting quarterback on Sunday. So, you know, that's another factor in this, too. Um, I don't really see, you know, and, and look, I, I understand that the uh, desperation factor for the Giants is in there right now because just like you mentioned, you know you have to win this game because you can because as we talked about over the last couple of weeks, I I mentioned it about my Jets. We talked about it with your Giants too. Winning this weekend was so important because of the schedule ahead, and you know you putting yourself in a one and four or a one and five hole is really really tough. If you could get that second win, you know you could really help yourself out. And kind of stretch your season out a little bit, um, you know, where, where how it feels meaningfully. But for the Giants right now, um, yeah, they they're one and four. And if you lose to Buffalo one and five, as we mentioned, that's a hole that's nearly impossible to uh, climb out of. You know, I see Giants fans already de uh, debating between just tanking the rest of the season. And you know, I don't know if you can do that, especially when 
Saquon apparently is just around the corner coming back in. You know that. Uh, you know, it, it, I know the Giants had a a lot of injuries um, this week. No doubt about that. I actually had it loaded on here right now, but because my computer is being so crazy, I don't even want to bring it up on screen. But if you'll allow me, this is what the Giants are dealing with from a injury perspective right now. Daniel Jones is dealing with a neck. Mika McFadden, who, you know, whatever, he's really a special teams guy, has an ankle. Uh, Matt Pert, the backup tackle, he's dealing with a shoulder. Wandale Robinson, a guy who everybody was a fan of last year, he's dealing with a knee, a knee injury. Obviously, we know John Michael Schmitz, the uh, the center, who the Giants picked 57, uh, 57th overall in the second round. He's out with a shoulder injury, so he's not going to be playing. And the guy that we were talking up, who the Giants have seen um, a lot of progression in their offense from, and he's unfortunately with, with Saquon being down and really not too many bright spots on the offense, Darren Waller, their new tight end, has been one of the uh, the better players out there for them offensively, and he's dealing with a groin injury right now. So all those guys we just mentioned today did not practice. Um, on a limited basis, we also saw cornerback Deontay Banks, uh, running backs uh, Brightwell and Barkley both came back from ankles, but both very limited. Um, and, you know, Shane Lemieux, too, the guard uh, for the Giants, also limited in practice with a groin. So, you know, when you hear all those injuries, Dan, that your team is dealing with right now, that's that's tough to come back from because, you know, as, as a Jets fan, I saw my team killed with injuries last year, and they completely nosedived after that. And you just got to hope that uh, Brian Dayball is able to keep these guys motivated and keep them together until your team gets healthy again, right? Yeah, I, th that is that just scares me when you see that many people injured at the same time. Not just one of these guys injured, but almost several, a huge chunk of the team injured. It's it's scary. Yeah, yeah, especially big offensive line pieces. You know, Andrew Thomas and Michael Schmidt on there, man, there was a lot of pressure being put on them. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a guy that I'm sure a lot of Giants fans would prefer to see on the injury report, uh, right tackle Evan Neal is uh, out there right now. And I say that jokingly because even though he said possibly some of the dumbest things that we've ever heard, um, a tackle or a, a New York player in general actually just say, Last week, when he opened his mouth and ran his uh, mouth in the Giants fans, calling them burger flippers and, uh, you know, really just a, a load of garbage coming out of that guy. And I saw how angry you were at the comments last week, Dan. And a lot of Giants fans were, were right there with you. And I don't blame them because I was angry and I'm not even a Giants fan. So, uh, you know, I'm sure with, uh, you know, the the stuff that uh the the giants are dealing with right now the last thing they need is this right tackle shooting his mouth off when he's been a draft bust to begin with right yeah exactly just shut up play freaking don't and 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 that only that i just needed to i i i have to admit if it would have been so difficult to, to find charcoal this time of year at the store I might have just filmed the video sarcastically grilling burgers, saying that what, what real burgers? I'm a giant. I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I don't. I show. I show up. 
yeah, you know, you're a Giants fan, man. You you pay to see these games, you know, uh, and these tickets aren't cheap. You know, it, it's funny. A lot of these NFL players seem to think that uh, that these fans are going into stadiums for free and just walking in and seeing this awesome game for nothing. Like, man, I'm telling you right now, I was. Uh, it looks like it's not going to happen right now due to a couple of, of personal things that happened. But for a while, I was really planning on heading out to Vegas to see the uh, the Jets and the Raiders game out there. And at the time, I was prepared to pay this price. But, man, you know, if I went to that Jets-Raiders game, I would, to walk in the stadium, in the worst seat in the house right now, if I was going to buy a ticket, it's at least 250 to 300 bucks. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. Right? It's a lot. Not only is it a lot to attend the games, if you're out of town... If you're a fan in another area that's a Giants fan displaced, you're paying a lot to watch the to watch the Giants games at home. It's even cost a lot to watch the games at home, depending where you are, because a NFL Sunday ticket is the most expensive out of market sports package, by the way. Yeah, you're right, man. And those, you know, even YouTube TV uh started selling that. They had the deal with YouTube this year and um you know they uh, they gave a whole bunch of discounts leading up to the regular season up till a certain point, but still, I mean, yeah, you're 100 right, man. If if you wanted to pay for that, you, you're paying around 350 bucks, even with that discount. Yeah, that, that discount yeah. does not make a difference. NFL Sunday tickets the most expensive out of market sports package there is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because even the MLB one is like 150, so. That's a lot better than what the NFL one is. So yeah, you, you're 100 right about that. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the N- I, I forgot how much the NBA one charges, but I know the 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 NHL. Well, at least here in the United States, I know I know other places the NHL runs it themselves in Canada, but in the United States, it's merged with ESPN. So whatever course starts ESPN Plus, and you get. Access uh, ESPN Plus as well. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true, man. It's true. And, um, you know, so uh, we, we keep looking on now to keep moving on. We're going to, uh, I guess with the, I'm, I'm having a lot of computer issues on my end right now. So uh, we'll, we'll try to keep this relatively short this week. Unfortunately, um, I don't know why I really, uh, it's, it's very choppy. So I apologize if uh, the broadcast is not up to our normal standards. Hopefully this will be, this be rectified by next week. So, you know, we, we talked about the, the Giants real quick to finish up on them. Uh, you guys are playing at Buffalo this week. You know, we said it last week. I, I, I said it about my Jets, too. I'll say it about your, uh, your Giants today. Season could be on the line, man. Uh, big difference between 1-5 and five and 2-4. and four. And uh, what are your expectations with your Giants? I mean, they're killed with injuries right now. But, you know, if we see the, the Josh Allen that the, the Jets defense turned him into in that week one, and he starts throwing a couple of interceptions to your Giants defense, which, by the way, they forced last week against Tua, Tag, uh, you know, Tua, whatever his last name is, Tagaviola, however you say it. Um, you know, they, they forced a couple of turnovers from him, and he's been MVP caliber this year. You know, what's your expectations with the Giants now? Well, if 
in order for the Giants to win this game, I feel the defense needs to keep this game close. The only way we could win it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to have to be like a, a, a low-scoring game, kind of like we saw with the Raiders and Packers on Monday Night Football, where it was like a 17-13 game. I, I agree with you. I think if the Giants are going to win, it'll have to be a game like that, much like the game that the Jets won on uh, Monday Night Football to kick off the season, where unfortunately Rodgers went down. But, you know, it was 16-16 going into overtime, and a punt return is the only reason the Jets cracked 20 in that game for a 22-16 win. So, yeah, you're definitely right, man. Uh, you know, big-time game, and I know, you know, Daniel Jones uh, has not had his best outings on, on nationally televised games, and obviously his his status this week is even in question. But um, you know what? Maybe – what do you think about this real quick, Dan? Do you think that if, if it was your call – I feel like Tyrod Taylor is a is a good backup quarterback. He's a an, a professional. Um, do you think that the the Giants m might be better off kind of holding back Daniel this week, even if he's borderline ready to go, just so you know you're not throwing him to the wolves, you know? And I mean, especially if he's down two or three of his big offensive linemen, he doesn't have Saquon. You know, his his receivers are are really barely there at this point do you would you just kind of start Tyrod this week and see what you can do with him rather than risking another injury to Daniel Jones yeah I just feel like that's the best thing right now just not start him this week it's it it, it would it would be too risky to you risk losing Daniel Jones for the season if you start him to this on Sunday so I feel like give him the week off let him heal up from that injury be ready for be ready for the for the for the big get for the for for for, for next week against the against the Washington. But I'll let oh wait a minute, I've been sorry, my mistake. The Colts they're they're the Colts Commanders now. So, sorry about that. For, for it's a habit. But 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 anyway, be ready for next week against Washington, and uh, let let that injury get, give 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 him more time to heal up from that uh, injury. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and by the way, you don't need to apologize for that because as far as we're concerned. They're still the Redskins. Everybody knows that. Give me a break. Commanders yeah. stink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I know I know some people who are who are who are fans of the team and they still call them the Redskins still. And plus I've seen I've seen enough pic I just Googled image some pictures because I was curious to see. And I see a majority of the fans are wearing the the, the Redskins merch still. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen that too. And I uh I I support the Redskins or Commanders, whatever you want to call them, fans, uh, or whatever they call themselves. If they consider themselves Redskins fans, then add that, my friends. Um, and, yeah, so as we uh, continue on now, too, the, uh, um, talking about the, the other team in MetLife, the Jets, they had their backs against the wall in this one, just like the Giants do now. And uh, they had to come out with a big win, 31-21. Uh, that's exactly what they did. They went in Denver, got the win, backed up their offensive coordinator, Nate Hackett, who was the, the head coach there last year. And, um, yeah, man, just uh, got the job done. You know, Zach Wilson didn't look nearly as good as he did against the Chiefs, which is surprising. But, um, you know, hey, the, the thing they needed was Brees Hall to break out, 
And that's exactly what he did for 177 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just a, a, a big win for the Jets there. Um, I'm very excited with the, with their prospects right now, especially like, you know, we've discussed on this show. I'm still convinced that at some point this year, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I still got this feeling that at some point in December or possibly early January, that guy's going to come riding in on a white horse. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm just telling myself that to stop myself from going crazy. But that's what I feel like right now. So they just got to kind of hold the the uh, everything afloat with Zach Wilson. And, and this was a step in the right direction, right, Dan? Yeah, and for, for Aaron Rodgers to come back, of course, that lar- largely depends on where the Jets are in a, at that point in the season. When it gets to that point where uh, Aaron Rodgers feels good enough to come back, that really all, all, all depends. It's similar to the situation when uh, with Edwin Diaz. He was kind of he was kind of with, with the Mets. He was like ready to come back, but uh, decided to just hold it back and shut it down and wait. And uh, come back next next year because at that point it felt like they didn't like risking it out out of contention. Similar situation with the Jets. If uh, if the Jets are and that when 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 uh, when Aaron Rodgers gets to that point, then there's a good possibility we'll see Aaron Rodgers come back. If not, he'll just uh, just uh, shut it down and uh, get ready for here and hopefully uh, which would which I feel which I've said before. It's a two-year window for for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. It feels like it's going to be for them to for them to do for them to go all the way. Two two-year window. I agree. I agree. And and that's kind of what we all expected coming in. You know, we 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 didn't expect to waste one of those years with Zach Wilson at quarterback. But yeah, yeah, I think you're you're 100 right. It's, it's it's kind of a two-year window. You know, who knows? Maybe something crazy will happen and. Rodgers will tap into his inner Brady and be here for a third year. Um, but, you know, we really can't count on that. You, you you figure, obviously, this year is mostly out. Maybe he'll be back at the end. But you can count on next year, and, uh, you know, we'll uh, take it from there. But one thing to keep in mind that has been kicked around, especially with the uh, Minnesota Vikings really, you know, looking like crap so far this season and not to mention Justin Jefferson, their top wide receiver target, going down and being on the IR for the next four games now, is that it's really opened up the possibility that maybe Minnesota will go into full-on tank mode and trade quarterback Kirk Cousins. Um, now, that's an interesting prospect. Kirk Cousins, if you don't remember, what could have been a Jet a few years ago. The Jets were really, really trying to throw a lot of money at Kirk to lure him here. And get him out of quarter, and you know, get the Jets out of quarterback hell. But unfortunately, he ended up taking less money and going to the Minnesota Vikings, which probably turned out to be a better route for him anyway. Considering the, uh, you know, the Vikings have had moderate success since he's been there, and the Jets have just been a pile of trash. So I, I don't blame him one bit for that. Um, but they, you know, they were bringing this up to him, the potential of him being traded, and he didn't really seem too too open to it you know he's a team guy you know you you don't want to start talking like you're quitting on your team to piss off the guys in that locker room but what do you think dan i mean with all these factors going on right now you know the jets have have zach wilson who you know 
most of the time doesn't really look that good, but has those flashes where he impresses you and you say to yourself, holy crap, maybe this kid could be something one day. And then on the other hand, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers coming back at some point. So let me ask you, if if you were in the Jets position, would you just let Zach Wilson do his thing and sit back and uh, wait for Aaron Rodgers to come back? Or would you say, hey, Rodgers is 40 years old. We can't count on him coming back. It would be nice if he did. But in the meantime, let's trade for this veteran quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who's on an expiring deal anyway. It's only just the rest of this year. He, 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 he'd only be a rental. Do you think that makes sense for the Jets? I think it does make sense. They need to get – they look like they need all the help they can at quarterback. They should probably go for that Kirk Cousins rental. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what you have to give up for him because obviously, you know, if, if Minnesota is asking for something crazy like a first-round pick, you know, you're not going to give up a first-round pick for half a season of a 35-year-old quarterback with an expiring contract. but if they were going to be reasonable and say like, if, you know, if you remember a couple of years ago, the jets traded Leonard Williams to the giants who is still a big piece of their defense for a fifth round draft pick. Now maybe the jets turn around and you know, maybe it's a third, maybe it's a fourth, maybe it's a third this year and a third next year or something like that. But it, you know, it's not going to be a first round pick, right? Yeah. It's not going to be a first round pick. So, so if, if, if what they have to give up is an, we'll keep on going from the jets obviously just to wrap up on them real quick the jets play the um uh the philadelphia eagles 425 on sunday jets have never beaten the eagles in their history so oh and 12 well let's try to make it one in 12 um this one so big big uh matchup there jets at four giants at eight so if you're a patreon member or if you're looking to subscribe to our Patreon, we'll, we'll be on following the Giant game sometime around 1130, most likely. So if you want to see us live, break down that, uh, you know, all that great football, be sure to, uh, to tune in, subscribe, and check us out over there on Patreon. We, and we really appreciate everything everybody's doing over there. Um, but, you know, m- moving on from football, though, I did want to – get your opinion on this, Dan, because I don't know if you saw this, but this is something that really, really bothered me. We're going to jump over to baseball here right now, and we're going to talk about our Mets. Now, Mets general manager Billy Epler stepped down last week, right after, just a couple of days after they introduced new president of baseball operations, David Stearns. Now, the thing that was a little eyebrow-raising about this was that David Stearns and Steve Cohen the day before, or a couple of days before, had just praised Billy Epler and said that he was a good GM, he's a good baseball man, and that, uh, you know, he, he deserves to be here, right? So Billy Epler decides to step down amid accusations of improper IL use. Uh, that's the injured list, if you're, not used, uh, if you're not used to that term. The DL is what they used to call it. Um, so Billy Epler apparently has been ratted out by somebody. I don't know who. I've heard speculation. I've heard Scott Boris uh, as possibly revenge for the Carlos Correa contract last year, which, by the way, Mets fans gloated all year about how great that uh, 
that, you know, how lucky they were to avoid that Correa contract. Yeah, I, I don't think the Twins care too much right now where they're playing in, in the first round of the playoffs right now and uh, they're looking pretty decent. And Carlos Correa already has a couple of big hits and giant defensive plays to his uh, his credit so far. So uh, I wouldn't care if the Mets signed him. But I guess, uh, you know, a lot of people still think it's the Wilpon era and the Mets have to conserve every cent they have. But, um, you know, to get this to a roundabout way, I know I just spewed a whole bunch of crap out there at you, Dan. Um, they're saying Scott Boris potentially got back at Epler for this, uh, potentially even um, Max Scherzer on the, on the uh, Rangers, people are saying could have tipped them off to this. But what did, what is your view of this, Dan? Because there is one more thing I do want to bring up after this. But before we even get into that, what's your view about Billy Epler stepping down among these weird, improper IL use accusations? It, it, this one just shocked me this happened. But I I don't know what to make of this. This is simple. Can, can we just go one week without something going going wrong even during the even during the off season come on we're yeah. trying to get a new manager and this freaking thing they already freaking uh freaking the distraction uh i i just can't wait to get to the off season and move on for this distraction sign a new manager then focus on uh some uh focus on some off season free agent signings yeah yeah, you're right, man. And and just look, you know, at the the list of guys that the Mets have had. I mean, so far that have you know been forced out of the position for one way or another. I mean, Sandy Alderson has worked with um, um, Steve Cohen at this point. Uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Adam Scott, I think, was the guy that got the DWI. Jared Porter was the one that got fired for the sexual harassment stuff. Uh, you know, like. The, the Mets have already gone through a litany of guys since since um I keep going to say Epler since Cohen came aboard, and now this is just their you know now they hired David Stearns well now they're looking for another GM now they're not even technically sure if they're going to replace him yet, uh but hey I mean I don't understand why you wouldn't this is a you know the hierarchy of a baseball team is supposed to have a GM somewhere in that mix but whatever the. The real thing that I wanted to bring up to you about that, though, is that it came out about a day or two after this that from the New York Post that Billy Epler, this is the report, forced Buck Showalter to play Daniel Vogelback in the second half of the season long after Showalter didn't want to do that anymore. Now, that in my opinion, is wrong for so many reasons. And it, and it really makes me angry for a lot of obvious reasons and a couple of not obvious reasons. But Dan, I, I, I don't know if you've heard that story yet. Had, well, 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 let me ask you, until I just told you, had you heard about that? I heard about that, and I don't blame Showalter. I think it seems like it was more in the port of Showalter deciding not to return next year. I don't blame him one bit for that. And it's all because of dumb Billy Epler with his backseat managing. I just yep. hope that I just hope the next manager and I hope David Stern just lets this guy, whoever he, we bring in as manager, manage this team because 
I'm not a fan of this backseat managing thing with the the GMs uh, meddling in there in this whole thing. The, yeah, I I totally agree, man. What were you gonna say? Yeah, yeah. So I said the GMs just the GMs just just make your off season moves, whatever moves we need to make to make the team better. Let the managers manage. Exactly. And let me ask you this question, Dan. Who do you think knows more about baseball? And this isn't a shot at Billy Epler. I don't want this to come off like I'm burying Billy Epler. Because like I've mentioned on the show before, I've actually met Billy. He's a very nice guy. I like Billy Epler personally. But his record as Mets GM speaks for itself. And outside of hitting everything out of the ballpark last year, he made a lot of mistakes starting at the trade deadline last season when he picked up these losers, Darren Ruff and Daniel Vogelback. And to sit here a year later, now this is something that me and you complained about all year, that part of the problem was Billy Epler's inability to admit his mistake, which is kind of the same thing going on with the Jets with, with Zach Wilson. They have not admitted their mistake of Zach Wilson being a terrible quarterback or a bad draft pick, and that's why he's still here. And that's the same thing going on with the, with the Mets, where they're running Daniel Vogelback out there, and you have a great baseball man in in um, in Buck Showalter, and you know I'm sure you agree with me, Dan, that if anybody could have gotten anything out of Daniel Vogelback this year, it was Buck Showalter. And if Buck is making the decision to not play him, that's there's a good reason for that. Buck Showalter is a great baseball man; he knows the deal. And if he's not playing you, there's a good reason for it, right? Yeah, exactly. I can't believe they you, freaking uh, Billy Epler would be backseat managing. I should have known all this time. It was the, the reason why freaking Volgenbach was in the lineup all this time, and you were freaking players that playing time. They were on the bench with much. No wonder, freaking Billy Epler. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? You nailed it, too, with the backseat managing. You can't be a general manager and be interfering in how your manager builds the lineup. Sure, if you want to stick Daniel Vogelback's ass on this roster, when everybody knew that guy wasn't going to do jack shit, um, hey, that's your problem if you want to have it. But it's not Buck Showalter's responsibility to run a guy out there every day who's not doing anything just because you traded for him and you feel like an idiot because he sucks. <laughs> like it's not, it's not Buck's fault. The, yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. Why would Buck want to be involved in this right now? How could the Mets even had put Buck in that situation where Billy Epler is forcing him to play it? And let me say this too. That's just something that just got out. I wonder if there are other things that we uh, don't know yet that Billy Epler was forcing down Buck Showalter's throat because there were a couple of eyebrow-raising moves over the last year and a half or so where you'd say to yourself, I don't know, I've seen a lot of Buck Showalter, and that doesn't seem like something that Buck would do. And, you know, just the way he handled his bullpen and just the way that he would make those lineup cards, like, it it makes a lot of sense now why uh, this report came out that Billy Epler was, as you very astutely put, backseat managing. And 
you know what? As much as I, I might like Billy Epler and think he did some good things here, if he is getting involved like that, it is a very good thing that he's gone because I don't want a general manager like that on my team. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just looking forward to it. I'd say, I think maybe probably the, the Mets probably are going to make the wise decision and just, I, I can't see them really going after another GM this year. I feel like they're just going to let uh, David Stearns take the reins in as a GM, which it makes yeah. sense. A lot of credibility. Plus that, I feel like, David Stearns is going to GM a little bit different here because unlike Milwaukee, which didn't have a payroll and wasn't able to find he's now got the full resources of Steve Cohen's money. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, and David, you know, the okay. thing about David Stearns too is that he's he's going to be, he's the president of baseball ops. So he's even higher than the GM. Yeah, exactly. So I just feel like there's gonna, there's gonna be, this is gonna be a fully re-ramped uh, David Stearns now that he's on a, he's gonna be able to one up what he did in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. I, uh, I definitely am very excited to see what he has in store for us right now. We'll, we'll finish up on the Rangers, and actually, because this is a kind of an abbreviated show. Maybe we'll do a little special bonus show this weekend. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I kind of like that. A nice little special uh, little special bonus show, Saturday Night Special, live <laughs> from, uh, from our from, – actually, wait, we, we should do Saturday – but we'll do Saturdays. We'll do, we'll do this one live just, just for you guys because well, not only will we give you guys a bonus show, we're going to give you a live one. I like that idea. I like that idea. So, uh, so keep a lookout from our social media exactly when we'll be doing that. But yeah, probably, uh, probably Saturday because we'll be doing um, our uh, bonus show um, for Patreon uh, on uh, on Sunday uh, following the Jets and the Giants game. So, uh, yeah, so definitely keep your eye out for that. Be Sith underscore podcast if you uh, aren't following us already. So keep your eye out for that. Also on Instagram at Best Seat in the House Podcast. So before we wrap it up, though, Dan, let's talk a little bit about our New York. Uh, I was going to say New York football Rangers. I'm a little out of it right now. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about our New York Rangers, man. Uh, opening tomorrow night, or if you're watching this on Thursday tonight in Buffalo, uh, a lot of good vibes going on with this team. Um, a little trepidation too by the fan base. I think a lot of people. We're a little worried by their sluggish one in five po- uh, preseason. But what do you think, Dan? Um, are you worried about the preseason at all? Or do you just chalk that up as, you know, Peter Laviolette installing his system and a, a little bit of growing pains? I just feel that preseason was just a little bit of growing pains, a little, pe- a little players and stuff getting adjusted to Peter Laviolette's system. It's preseason. That's, that's what it was for. <laughs> Mainly, of course, they wanted to win. You wanted to win, but it's also they also kind of had that safety net that the games didn't count, and they were just trying to get ready for the season. And hopefully, now that they got that out of their system, they're ready to go full force. I know I'm ready to go. I'll be there in my living room watching the watch, watching the game. Probably Mr. Malunigan sitting next to me because Mr. Malunigan likes to sit next to me if I'm uh, if I'm watching if I'm watching TV sometimes. Absolutely, especially 
uh, one of your teams, no doubt about it, man. Uh, you know, but when when you look at this Ranger team, obviously there are stars all over the place, man. I mean, they got, um, you know, obviously a uh, former, um, you know, the, one of the best goalies in the world, the former Vezina winner in Igor Shesterkin, um, one of the best centers in the league in Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, one of the best power play guys out there, former 50-goal scorer. Obviously, our Artemi Panarin guy scored 100 points in the season and is uh, phenomenal. So we have a lot of established stars on this team. Of the of these young kids, I know, you know, when you look at uh, a lot of these guys the Rangers have, the Lafreniers, the Kakos, the Heatles, who have had who have been decent but haven't had that breakout, breakout year yet, which of these guys do you have your eye on that's going to break out this season? I just have a feeling that Alexei Lafreniere could potentially have a breakout season. I just feel like he knows that this is a show-me-the-money year, and I it's a it's a, it's a good position that, that the way they structure the contract. He'll he'll have every reason to wanna have a success wanna pull, have as much success as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that, man. You know, when, uh, uh, you know, Lafreniere really, really has to establish himself this year because he's been, you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't want to say he's been terrible because he hasn't been terrible, but he's been one of the most disappointing number one overall picks in, over the last decade, at least, you know, uh, right around there. So um, I really hope that he sheds that, that title um, this year. But to be honest, the guy that I have my eye on right now is Capo Caco. I think Capo Caco is really, really poised for a big year. Um, you know, he's going to be right now. Laviolette has him on the top line with uh, Kreider and Zibanejad. And if you look at a bunch of the numbers from last year, when those three guys were together on the ice at the same time, good things happened. So, you know, they have a, a lot of the courses and the GF numbers and everything for hockey if you want if you pay attention to hockey analytics um but the the numbers back it up so i'm really interested to see um what the numbers are like and you know if they don't start off that great i wonder how long laviolette sticks with it but i i think capo caco who's added about 10 to 15 pounds of muscle now he's not this this big kid but a, a skinny kid anymore he's got a he's thick he's got a big body and he's using it He's staying on the puck. He's not getting pushed off. You know, when he came in as a 19-year-old kid, man, we were watching him getting pushed off the puck. You know, he's he, he wasn't really used to playing in a men's league. I mean, even though he was, he was in the body. I, I was reading an article by the great uh, Vince Mercagliano of USA Today uh, who covers the Rangers, and um, he was making the case perfectly about how easily Kako was being pushed off the puck um, as a young man coming into the league and how – a lot of scouts really just considered that sure he might have been six foot two and he might have been extremely athletically gifted, but realistically he still had the body of a kid, a boy, if you will, not yet a man. And um I, I think now he's finally grown into his body and he's ready to take that next step uh that next step forward. Dan, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think so too. The I I I saw some footage. It looks like he's pumped up, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that, man. And, um, you know, Hey, if they could get, 
Kako and Lafreniere going this season and, you know, with bigger roles than just the third line guys that they've been. And the Rangers are going to be in a really good spot because they they really need that second tier scoring. And, um, you know, hey, it's all going to come down to um, do the guys buy into Laviolette's system. And I think they will. I, I, I think they will. It, it kind of reminds me, I expect this season, maybe not with the Stanley Cup final appearance, <laughs> but I expect this season to kind of be like um, the 2013-2014 season. If you remember, that was Elaine Vigneault's first year here in New York. And they started off kind of crappy. I mean, if you were looking at the team in November or early December, you might think this team might be missing the playoffs. But then, if you remember, everything clicked. They got hot. They uh, At the trade deadline, they added Martin um, San Luis. And they just took off. And they end up coming back against the uh, Penguins in the, the second round, erasing that 3-1 deficit, and then going all the way to the cup final. And unfortunately, they lost. But, I mean, hell, it was a hell of a run. And I don't know what the, the postseason run is going to be like, but for the regular season at least, I, I can kind of see that. You know, starting off a little slow and then getting hot once the guys officially buy into Lafreniere's system. And, uh, you know, what do you think about that, Dan? I just feel like that could that could easily happen. I just feel like it might be it, it could be it could go either way with the start, but I feel like once as the season goes along, this team's going to be stronger and they'll set themselves up at a point when at the deadline they make that right move and hopefully that that uh let's see where it goes from there. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Well said, buddy, and I think that's just about going to do it for us today here on Best Seat in the House podcast. Dan, before we get out of here, do you have anything you'd like to plug for yourself? Sure. My my Twitter account, Bobo103NYC. You can follow me on Twitter there. On Instagram, Bobo718DK. Also on uh, on YouTube, what's one word? Daniel Curlin. On, on YouTube, there'll be plenty of stuff there. And that's all the places you're going to get all your Bobo content. Absolutely. Make sure to check out Dan all over there. And if you want to check us out, check us out on BSIT underscore podcast. You can check me out at my last name, Kramer NY on Twitter and also on Instagram at Best Seat in the House podcast. Also, if, if, you, uh, if you're watching this and you haven't subscribed yet on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe. Uh, also, if you're uh, following us on Rumble, don't forget to subscribe to us there. Those are free, but if you're looking to give us some money and you want to support us, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash best seat in the house podcast. It's only five bucks a month and you get a whole bunch of extra content that uh, we put out. We uh, got a whole bunch of fun things on there, like our NFL postseason games. Uh, we got Bobo's trackside minute where he, he does a little um, uh, NASCAR talk. We got uh, a minute at the ballpark with Bobo too, where you get to, Go alongside and join Bobo for a Met game. And uh, not to mention a uh, old school interview from my old podcast, Coffee with Kramer, where I had Dan on. And we discussed a, uh, a, a fun Halloween party at the compound. So uh, that's uh, all that and more. That's a that's a hell of a bargain for five bucks, right, Dan? Yep, exactly. A hell, a hell of a bargain. All for the <laughs> round trip on the subway to two and to to and from your if you live here that's like two it's like to and from your home 
Exactly. So th think of it that way, everybody. Uh, if, if you want to throw us a couple of subway tokens, uh, I guess they don't use tokens anymore. Uh, but if you want to throw us a couple of, you know, subway rides, we appreciate it, right? Actually, currently they use uh, they use metro cards. Oh, I know that they haven't used tokens probably since what the eighties and the nineties, right? But that, but that, that's actually, of course, of course, a few years that'll be updated because the metro card is being phased out. I think. Next year, they're going to be using the Omni card. It's going to be the new thing pretty soon. Oh, great. Just another thing to charge us more for. Well, <laughs> we'll have that conversation for a different day. But thank you, everybody, once again for joining us here on Episode 84, Best Seat in the House podcast. Thank you so much, as always, uh, for Rob Kramer and my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. We'll catch you next week, everybody, on the Best Seat in the House podcast.